Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Times like this, I'm trying to figure out if I should preach or not. Should I preach? Amen. Uh, stand with me all over this house today. Yes, come on. Hallelujah. I know this may be a little extension, but it's just a little early to let you go. Praise God. Acts the ninth chapter, the twenty-second verse. Acts the ninth chapter, the twenty-second verse. If Joel continue to play softly for me tonight, today rather. I feel the direction of the Lord today. I feel that God wants to encourage this body. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Surely His people are hungry. Their hearts are filled with anticipation. We need the word of the Lord to sustain us. Acts the ninth chapter, the 22nd verse, the Bible says, But Saul increased the more in strength. And he confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that, many days were fulfilled, and the Jews took counsel to kill Saul. But their lying await was known of Saul. Saul knew what they were doing. They watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night. They let him down by the wall in a basket. When Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. They were all afraid of Saul Believe not that he was a disciple, but Barnabas took him. Barnabas took him, and he brought him to the apostles. And he declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and that he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus Christ. He was with them, coming in and going out of Jerusalem. Paul or Saul spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. And when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then, then had the churches rest. Throughout all Judea, I feel the Lord is attempting to give this church rest. Rest. I feel in my spirit today, rest. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and they were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. One more verse of Scripture, Acts 2, 17. And it shall come to pass, the last days, <laughs> I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Thank God for confirmation today. Thank God for confirmation today. I sense an urgency in my spirit. How many know the church is on a mission? The church has been given a mission by God Almighty. And the church must be empowered by the Holy Ghost for us to fulfill our mission for these last days. We need the Holy Ghost today. 
I feel directed in my spirit. I feel directed by the Holy Ghost today to preach to you on this topic for just a few moments. The power of empowerment. The power of empowerment. I want you to lay your Bibles down in your seats for just a moment. I want you to lift up a praise. Come on, not just any praise, but a sincere praise, a thankful praise, a loving praise, an adoring and extolling praise, a praise that'll reach heaven's throne. your family. Thank Him for your job. Thank Him for your health. Thank Him for your provision. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him today. Oh Lord, you're a rewarder to those that diligently seek you. Hallelujah. We love you. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. For a few moments, if you're going to help me preach, if you're not, stay standing till I'm done. Amen. When your legs get tired, you can shout out hallelujah, and then you can sit down. I appreciate the loving support of this church, the wonderful atmosphere that this body of Christ and this worship team and these musicians Pre-service prayer, participants, all those who fast and pray for God's blessings upon this church body, I applaud you today. I love you today. I appreciate your labor and love. I want to preach to you for just a few moments today on this topic, the power of empowerment. I remember how stressed out my beautiful bride was. Not even going to tell you how many years ago. It was a lot. A long time ago, sis. 25 years ago. I remember how stressed out my beautiful bride was the days leading to that wonderful day that we said I do. Not only was she stressed out, Brother Timmy, but we was busted. In fact, I remember very plainly having to get up and go to work the day of our wedding. I thought she was going to kill me. But you know, money was tight. You got to do what you got to do. So I got up and I, I went to work that day. It was a tough financial time. I added to her stress level by going to work the day of our wedding. I remember rushing around at the close of that work day trying to find roses to correct and to fix what I had done. And I showed up at the church and she was calling, where are you at? Where are you at? I said, babe, I'm on my way. I'm not going to stand you up. I promise you. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. You're going to be my bride today. I added to her stress level that day by, by going to work. I attempted to fix it with some roses. I understand the stress level that comes with a wedding. We have survived the weddings of three of our four daughters. When you all watch that TV show about those folks stranded on an island, they ain't got nothing. We survived three daughters getting married. We're survivors. Them folks you're watching, them actors, we're the real survivors right here. Uh, We survived uh, three daughters getting married. And... uh, It's a very stressful time. Since I came into ministry, I've been involved in many weddings, many funerals. I've seen people under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, problem after problem. How do you know if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong on your wedding day? Your hair's not going to curl. Huh? 
Somebody's going to end up in jail like some people in here. I ain't going to call no names. Nothing. But if anything could go wrong at a wedding, your day of your wedding, that's when it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. I've been through many weddings. I've been through many funerals. I've seen a lot of folks under a high-pressure, stressful situations. The final days in preparation of life's most important events are always a time of increased activity and urgent activity. I mean, no, it's a stressful time. Let me tell you something. The bridegroom's about to come back for his bride. And I sense an urgency in the air. It's a time for urgent activity. The church needs to press through. The church needs to hold to his hand. The church needs to fight like it's never fought before because the Lord's coming back for a bride without spot and without wrinkle. If there ever was a time you needed to hold fast to his hand, it's right now. It's right now. Come on, I feel like preaching through the facade today, if that's all right. Come on, I feel like preaching through the temporary. I feel like preaching through the ordinary today. This church needs to be empowered for its mission. And it don't matter if you're a part of this church or another apostolic church or another apostolic church. You need to be empowered for the mission. There's power to the empowerment. Can I tell you, this is not just another Sunday. This is not just another service. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I come into this house today to rejoice and to be glad in it. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is not just another Sunday. Amen. The truth of the matter is church will never be good enough. I know the enemy's telling some of you you're not good enough. But the truth of the matter is we'll never be good enough. We'll never be strong enough. We'll never be super spiritual enough. Because man that is born of a woman. Is a few days full of sorrow. But thank God today we're not just born of a woman. We're born again of the water and of the spirit. I ain't just born of Mother Peg today. No, no. I got another mother and it's called the church. I got another father. His name is Jesus. I ain't just born once, I've been born twice. I've been born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm talking to you today. You must be empowered. You must be empowered. You must be enriched. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the power of empowerment today. Praise God. We ain't just born of a woman. Yes, it's true. Life's hard. Life's full of sorrow. Man that is born of a woman is up a few days and full of sorrow. But thank God we're born again of the water and of the Spirit. So the next time the devil comes telling you you ain't good enough, you remind the devil, I know I'm not good enough. I know I'm not strong enough. I know I'm not holy enough. I know I'm not spiritual enough. But he that is within me, he's more than spiritual enough. He that is within me, he's more than holy enough. He that is within me, he's more than righteous enough. He's more than strong enough. He's more than clean enough. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Most High? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Praise God. Thank God if we're in Jesus and he has clean hands and a pure heart, we got clean hands and a pure heart. Huh? And the one that's in us is more than enough today. He's more than enough today. You just need to remind the devil. Come on, devil, you ain't telling me nothing I don't already know. I'm not in denial today. I'm a humble man. I understand that I'm nothing without him. I understand I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not super spiritual enough. But he that lives within me is more than enough. Praise God. 
He that lives within me is more than enough. Devil, I'm bought with a price. Listen, you ain't got to get all worked up. This next time he comes bugging you, say, devil, I'm bought with a price. I'm covered in the blood. I'm redeemed. I'm covered. I'm empowered by his name. I'm strengthened by his church. I'm a part of his bride. I'm, I'm the apple of his eye. Don't think you're going to come and detour me. I'm covered by his blood today. Hallelujah. Amen. We just got to remind the devil. We know exactly who we are today. We're a part of those that are contending for the faith. I know the church in these last days is going through some stuff, but it ain't time to give up. It ain't time to give up. Come on, it's time to fight. It's time to press toward the mark. It's time to catch a second wind. It's time to push through the pain. Amen. When Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem, he said there'll be a man there bearing a pitcher of water. It was at one of the lowest point in times of their life. How many know when you're down and out, God will give you direction. When he told him, he said, you go to Jerusalem and there'll be a man there bearing a pitcher of water. It was at one of the lowest points of their life. When he told his disciples to go there and this man, he's going to show you an upper room where all things are furnished. They had just lost everything that meant anything to them. Their master had been taken away. Their rabbi was taken away from them. Everything that meant anything, many of them had surrendered their whole lives, surrendered their careers, given up everything to follow Jesus. And at one of their lowest moments of their entire life, the Lord comes giving them instructions, go to Jerusalem. There'll be a man there bearing a pitcher of water. And he's going to take you to an upper room where all things are furnished. The church was under attack. They feared for their lives. In the midst of the greatest attack hell had ever launched on the church in their fear, in their discouragement, in their uncertainty, in the midst of their inability to change their situation. Jesus speaks to his disciples and he tells them, he said, it's written, it hath behooved Christ to suffer and to die. I'm going to be taken away from you. I'm going to suffer unthinkable things. I'm going to die on Calvary's hill. But he said, don't be dismayed because on the third day I'm coming out of that place. Don't get discouraged. Listen, they're going to take me from you. I know it's a low point in your life. I know the church is under attack. I know you're scared for your lives, but they're going to kill me. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. On the third day... I'm going to rise again. I'm going to come up out of that grave in repentance. And not just repentance, but repentance and remission of sins is going to be, is going to be preached in my name beginning at Jerusalem. And you're going to be witnesses to all of these things. Praise God. And then he tells them something very profound. He gives them a promise. He said, behold, I send the promise of the Father. <laughs> my God. He said, behold, listen, they're going to kill me. They're going to put me in a borrowed tomb, but on the third day I'm going to raise up. Listen, and, and you're going to be witnesses to all these things. Repentance and remission is going to be preached in my name, beginning at Jerusalem. And he said, then when all this is done, he said, just wait for it. I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. He said, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Can I tell you, it's going to take some power for you to overcome your flesh. It's going to take some power for you to live above this world. It's going to take some power for you to defeat the enemy today. God desires for his church to be empowered. 
That first century church needed to be endued with power, and this 21st century church still needs to be endued with power from on high today. Hallelujah. And the Lord told them they were about to be empowered. He led them out to the edge of the city as far as he could go with them, and then he departed from them, the Bible says. While those disciples were on their way to Jerusalem, they started thinking about the words that the Lord had spoken unto them. Come on, they started thinking about the promise of the Father which was coming in the city of Jerusalem. You know what the Bible says they did? They, did, they, didn't, they didn't wait till they received the promise. They started right then, right there. They started worshiping God, and they started praising God for the promise of the Father that was on its way. Can I remind this church today that your praise still predicated, your praise still precedes your promise today. If you want the promise, you got to start praising. If you want the blessing, you got to start worshiping the Lord today. Your praise precedes your promise. Look, you don't, this, this ain't like our natural life. I don't think, Sister Vicky, after she gives me my birthday gift, or I do that in the natural, I think her after, you can, you can give it to me later, sis. When she gives me my birthday gift, which is coming up real quick, sis, just so you know. When she hands me my birthday gift, I will thank her. But that ain't the way it is in the kingdom of God. No, sir, no, ma'am. You have a promise, but your praise must proceed, precede your promise. Your praise has to come before the promise. Before you ever get to the promise, you got to start praising. Those disciples didn't wait till they got to Jerusalem. They didn't wait till they got into the city. Right where they were at, they started talking amongst themselves. The Lord's going to fill us with the Holy Ghost. The Lord's going to fill out the promise. The Lord's going to, the Lord's going to send his promise in this last day. They started worshiping God and praising God. Their praise preceded their promise. Amen. They knew what was coming in Jerusalem. They knew what was on the way. They started thinking about what God had, what the Lord had told them. You're going to receive power. So you know what they did? They started worshiping and they started praising God. And the Bible says great joy overcame them. Huh? Great joy overcame them. Can I tell you there's a difference in having joy and having the Holy Ghost? Huh? Before the promise ever came, before the Holy Ghost ever fell, the Bible said they had joy. Huh? And the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Lord will give you what you need to sustain you until he, what he has for you. The Lord will give you what you need to sustain you until he gives you what he has for you. Can I remind this church today, your praise still precedes your promise. Great joy came over them. No praise. Let me put it to you like this. this. No praise, no power. <laughs> I think about five people heard me. I say it till I get ten. No praise, no power. Your praise precedes your power. No praise, no power. You want to know why the Holy Ghost falls in this place? You want to know why people get blessed in this place? Because you walk through the doors, you start lifting your hands in adoration. You start opening your mouth and saying hallelujah. You start clapping your hands and lifting a joyful noise unto the Lord because your praise precedes your promise. You're waiting for the promise of the Father today. Hallelujah. This church and this last days must be empowered. We must be empowered. The Lord told them they were about to be empowered. Great joy came over them when they heard the promise of the Father. Before they ever received it, what if the church today could get it in their spirit? Every promise God has given them, they're going to go ahead and praise him for it before they receive it. Come on, how many, how many blessings, how many promises of God would you receive if you started praising him before you receive it? Huh? No, no praise, no promise. No praise, no power. No praise, no promise. They went into Jerusalem, the Bible says, that until the day of Pentecost came, they didn't just do it for one day, Brother Tug. Oh, 
The Bible says until the day of Pentecost came. The Bible don't tell us how many days it was or how many weeks it was or how many months it was or how many years it was. But it says until the day of Pentecost came. They continually were in the house of God worshiping and praising. They knew the promise was coming. They knew the promise was on the way. Come on, can I tell somebody today, you're not going to get empowered sitting around in your gloom all the time. It ain't popular, but it'll preach. You ain't going to get empowered sitting around in your gloom and your misery all the time. You ain't going to get empowered enjoying negative Nancy's misery all the time. Come on, you ain't going to get empowered sitting at home instead of at church. You ain't going to get empowered watching and binging on Netflix instead of seeking God in prayer. You ain't going to get empowered putting the things of this life before God's life. You're not going to get empowered until you seek God for the promise today. In the house of God, continually seeking and worshiping and praising God. Before the day of Pentecost came. Come on, your Pentecost will come, your empowerment will come when you start being found in the temple continually worshiping and praising God. Continually worshiping and praising God. I'm talking today about the power of empowerment. When I am weak, when I am weak, Come on, somebody. When I am hurt, when I am discouraged, when I am, when I am let down, when I am disappointed, when I don't feel like it, when I'm tired, when my brothers and sisters in Christ backbite me, come on, when the world pushes me down to the ground, come on, when I don't feel like it, when I do feel like it, continually worshiping and praising God in the temple of God. If you want the promise of the Father, you got your praise has to precede your promise. No praise, no promise today. No praise, no promise today. Come on, if this is helping anybody, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. That's why Paul said, I take pleasure. That's why Paul said, I take pleasure in my infirmities. That's why Paul said, I take pleasure in necessities, in reproaches, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. When I am weak, he is made strong. When I am weak, he is made strong. Church, no sin is beyond his power to cleanse. Come on, no sin is beyond his power to cleanse today. No setback is beyond his power to put back. Huh? Come on. Come on, no, no setback is beyond his power to put back. No, no test is beyond his power to turn it into a testimony. No mess is beyond his power to turn it into a message today. Come on, the Lord wants to empower his people today. The first century church had to be empowered, and the 21st century church has to be empowered today. If this church is going to accomplish its mission, it must be empowered. David was a boy when he killed Goliath. We talked about it this morning in Sunday school. Samson was a stranger when he killed that Philistine, or those Philistines. Esther was an orphan when she hanged Haman on his own gallows. Rahab was a harlot when she was brought into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Ruth was a widow and a gleaner. She begged. She cleaned the corners of the field so she could have something to eat when she laid down at the feet of Boaz and found herself a redeemer. What are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying today is God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary feats. And it's time for you to stop feeling sorry for yourself. And it's time for you to get empowered so you can accomplish the mission of the church. But you got to be endued with power from on high today. We need the Holy Ghost and fire like the Bible says today. Hallelujah. We need it like the Bible says today. Come on. 
this church is going to accomplish its mission, if any church is going to accomplish its mission, go out into the highways and the byways, compel them to come in, find the lost, seek and save that which is lost. Can I tell you today, the Lord uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary feats. And it's not who you are. It's not where you've been. It's not what you've been through or how dark your past is. It's about whether you've been empowered or not. It's about whether you've been set free or not. It's about whether you've been loosed or not. It's about whether you've been washed and cleansed in the blood of the Lamb or not. It's about whether you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit. I came to let hell know today, yes, we once were weak. Yeah, we once were rejected. Yeah, we once were broken. Yeah, we once were confused. We once were misled, but we ain't who we used to be, devil. You don't know who you're messing with today. You can attack this church with the full force of hell. You can give it everything you got, but we're not who we used to be. We're those folks that went to Jerusalem. We're those folks that waited for the promise of the Father. We're those folks that been endued with power from on high. Oh, let's give the Lord, a hand clap of praise today. Come on, we done been to Jerusalem. We done been born again. We done received the power that was endued to us from on high. Hallelujah. Our eyes have been opened to the power of empowerment. And now who the Son sets free is free indeed. Huh? And now... No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And now the gates of hell shall not prevail. And now when I am weak, and now when I am weak, and now I'm the head and not the tail. And now I'm the lender and not the borrower. And now I'm the child of God and not the orphan. Come on, I've been grafted into the body of Christ. I've been buried with him in weakness, but I've risen in power. He told the church, he said, don't get dismayed. They're going to take me down, but in three days I'm going to raise again. And you're going to do the same thing. You're going to be buried with me in weakness, but you're going to raise with me in power. And behold, all things are going to become new. Old things are going to be passed away. You're going to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're not going to be dismayed by the small stuff. You're not going to be distracted by the irrelevant. You're going to keep your eyes upon me. You're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, we're the lender and not the borrower. Now, everywhere the sole of our foot shall trod, he's going to give it to us. We walked onto that property down there. I said, Lord, this property belongs to us. Huh? You know why? Because old things have passed away. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Come on now. I got a promise. I, 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 no, I, I'm praising him before it ever happens. I'm praising him before it ever happens, before the door ever opens. Wherever the soul of my foot shall try, he's going to give it to me. That's your promise today, God. Listen, you're no longer that, that confused, disoriented, misled person. You're born again of the water and of the spirit. You've been empowered by the Holy Ghost today. You don't have to accept what the enemy's given you. You don't have to accept defeat today. No giant is large enough to stop you. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. No weapon formed is going to prosper against you. You're the child of the king today. You're a peculiar people. You're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You're the children of the promise today. Oh, let's give praise unto the Lord. You're the children of the promise today. But you got to be endued with power from on high if you're going to accomplish this mission. You need the Lord to lead you and guide you. If you take two needles, they will look exactly the same. But if you hook power to one of them, you magnetize it. Those two needles will always look the same. The only difference is one of them is always going to be pointing in the correct direction of the current. You know why? Because it's empowered. 
You can look the same as your neighbor, but you need to be empowered. You need to be facing the right direction. You need to be on a highway of holiness. Come on, come on, somebody. You need to be on a highway of holiness. You need to be on your way to heaven. You need to allow the Lord to take the rod of correction and to steer you when you get off of the beaten path. You need to be on a highway. You need to point in the right direction today. We're the children of the promise. Come on, no giant is big enough to stop us. No pit can keep us from our palace. Mm. There might be times you got to be let down a wall in a basket. Huh? You ain't going to like it. There might be times you're going to have to go down into the lion's den. and You ain't going to like it. There might be times you might have to go in a furnace of fire like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and you ain't going to like it. Come on, there might be times you're going to face an army that's much larger than you, an enemy that's much taller than you. There's going to be times you're going to go through stuff. There's times you're going to face stuff. But you got to promise. But you got to promise you've been endued with power. From on high. May we never forget we've been to Jerusalem. May we never forget we waited for the promise of the Father. Sister Melissa, may we never forget we have risen above sin through the power of the Holy Ghost. We're the children of the promise. We're the church that has been empowered today. We're the church of the living God. Let me remind you today there's no power but God's power. Let me remind you today the powers that be are ordained of God. There's no power but God's power. Did he not say, behold, I have given unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing. He didn't say some things. He said nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Man, I look around at the testimonies of this church. If you ever get discouraged in your spirit, just come in here. Sit in this sanctuary by yourself and just imagine these people that are sitting in these seats today. And let me tell you something. You'll see testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after miracle after miracle after empowerment after empowerment after mercy after grace after righteousness. You'll see it. The Lord has done it in this church today. My God, we're an empowered body today. We're the saints of the living God. We're the contenders for the faith. We've been endued with power from on high. You don't got to settle for what the devil's trying to get you to take. Huh? You know, you know what true oppression is? I was telling somebody the other day we was talking politics, which God knows I've been trying my best to stay away from But you know what true oppression is? People talk about slavery and all of these things. True oppression is when you take away somebody's ability to achieve. When you say, Michael, this is what I'm going to give you, you keep your mouth shut and you take it and don't ask for nothing more. That's true oppression. That's not the kind of God we serve today. No, sir, no, ma'am. He wants you to achieve. He wants you to be a more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. In the world, you're going to find tribulation. In the world, you're going to find hardship. He said, but in me, come on, you're going to find peace. You're going to find strength. Sometimes you're going to go through some stuff, but may we never forget we've been to Jerusalem. May we never forget we've been in the upper room. May we never forget the Holy Ghost fell on us. The power of God is within us. He orders our steps. He lights our path. He's a lamp unto our feet today. He orders our decisions. May we never forget that we've been to Jerusalem. Did he not say, I give you power to tread on all these things? I was reading this week. 
preparing for service about the Niagara Falls, trying to come up with something that would correlate to what I'm trying to teach today. I began to read about the Niagara Falls. How many have been to the Niagara Falls? It's on my bucket list. You New, you New Yorkers, you don't count. That was your backyard. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. I want to go to the Niagara Falls. Ken and Angie seem to always outvote me. But it's on my bucket list to go to the Niagara Falls. It's one of the most beautiful places within the United States. It's not just on my bucket list. It's on many people's bucket list. People travel from all over the world to see the falls. People who visit there are amazed at the beauty and the power of the falls. But can I tell you something? For the local people, it's more than a sight to see. It's a power to live by. There's power plants by the falls. It produces a power for them to live by. Come on, and that's the way that it is in the church It's one thing to come to church and see the power. It's another thing to be the church and have the power. I come to tell you today, you don't need to be a sightseer in the church. You don't need to be a visitor to the church. You need to be the church, and you need to be empowered and endued with power from on high today. To those locals, those falls are much more than just something neat to see. Huh? Come on, I don't just come to church to get me a few goosebumps so I can go home and do whatever I want. I'm not a sightseer. This is my life. Come on, I live by the power that's produced in this place. I live by the power, by the fact that he gave his life for me. He suffered and died for me. He sent back the comforter for me so I could be a dude with power from on high today. The power of empowerment. The church must be empowered for its last day mission. It ain't time for playing games. It ain't time for playing church. It ain't time for your negativity. Huh? Take your negativity on down the road somewhere. We're trying to get people to heaven today. We're trying to get, if all you got, if all you got is you want to be a negative Nancy and all you can do is find the bad, come on, I'm not saying you can't ever come to me. As your pastor, you come and you bring what you got to me. But listen to me, if you're, a, if you're either a balcony person or you're a basement person, and either you're building people up or you're pulling people down, and you're one or the other, and we ain't got time for playing church, we need to be the church today. Oh, clap your hands and give God some praise today. We ain't got time for messing around. We ain't got time for playing games. We ain't got time for playing church. It's time to be the church today. It's time to be the church today. This ain't for sightseeing. This ain't for playing around. This is about getting to heaven. This is about getting to heaven today. And those falls are much more than just something to just stop in and check out to those locals. No, it's a power they live by. It's a power they die by. It's a hill they'll die on. It's a matter of whether they can provide for their families or not. We don't need sightseers today. We need people to be the church. The church needs to be empowered for its last day mission. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. Come up on you. Power to walk right. Power to talk right. Power to give up sin. Power to change. Power to give up things that ain't pleasing to God in your life. Come on, a rising tide lifts all boats. God wants to rise us above our carnality today. He wants to rise us above this old crusty flesh today. And he wants us to live by the power of the comforter, the power of the Holy Ghost today. 
I want you to understand some things about empowerment today. In our text, we see Saul went through some stuff. He was on his way to Damascus, desiring a letter to further persecute the church. The Lord sends down a bright light from heaven, knocks him down to the ground, and takes away his sight. The Lord sends Ananias to pray for him and to restore his sight. And once Saul had received his sight, and once Saul had been filled with the Holy Ghost, which is what the Bible says, once Saul had been filled with the Holy Ghost, he spent time learning from those disciples that were there in Damascus. He started preaching immediately. He started taking it to people. You don't have to be a 25-year Christian to take the gospel to people. All you got to do is be a couple of steps in front of them. All you got to do is be willing to lead them. Come on, follow me. I'm going to take you someplace better than this. Come on, follow me. I'm being directed by the Holy Ghost that the Lord is leading me. Come on, follow me. You don't have to be a 25-year Christian to lead people in the gospel today. Once Saul had received the Holy Ghost, he started teaching and preaching after he spent time with those disciples in Damascus. And immediately, the Bible says, the enemy tried to kill him. Let me tell you something. Empowerment makes you a part of a battle. If you ain't willing to fight, don't ask God for the Holy Ghost. Because empowerment, it drafts you into a battle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Come on, rulers of darkness. Things, you'll be warring against things in dark places. Empowerment makes you a part of a battle. Empowerment means you have to fight. The Bible says as Saul increased, they took counsel to kill him. Immediately, the enemy knew, I got to stop this man. And let me tell you something, when you've been in due with power from on high, you're a threat to hell. You're a threat to hell, and the enemy is going to do everything he can do to stop you. But Saul was on to them. The Bible says Saul was aware that they were trying to kill him. I mean, no, we got to be aware of the enemy's tactics. We got to pay attention. We got to look. We got to see how he's trying to come into our families. We got to see how he's trying to come into our church. We got to see how he's trying to come into our finances. We got to see how he's trying to come into our health. Immediately when Paul received, or Saul still, received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says they took counsel to kill him. But he was on to them. He was aware of what they were trying to do. We got to be aware of the devil today. He's trying to destroy God's church. Also, it was the disciples who let Saul down in a basket. They helped him. If you think you're going to make it on, my, on your own, you're mistaken. You think you don't need the body of Christ, you're mistaken. You think you don't need some leadership and a covering, you're mistaken. You think you don't need some authority in your life and a covering. You're mistaken. Come on. Listen, Saul was desperate. He had no way out of that city if it hadn't been for the church. He was on to him. He knew they wanted to kill him, but the church saved his life. The church lowered him down the wall in a basket so he could go on his way. We need the church today. We need the body of Christ today. We need a covering today. It was the disciples who let Saul down that wall in a basket. We need spiritual leadership today. 
Being empowered cannot be fully harnessed without spiritual leadership. God can call you all he wants. If you ain't willing to listen and obey, you got to follow to lead. If you need me to buy you a book, I will. It's called Follow to Lead. It's a good book. Follow to lead. Your spiritual capabilities, your ability to accomplish the mission that God has called you to do must be harnessed by spiritual leadership. You cannot be used of God without spiritual leadership. And then Saul went on to Jerusalem. You can imagine his excitement. The Lord reveals himself to him. Sends a bright light from heaven, knocks him to the ground, sends in a, a disciple, come on, name Ananias to come and lay hands on him and pray for him so he can receive his sight and he can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Then God spares his life by allowing him to be lowered down a basket over the wall of the city. Then he comes into town to join himself to the disciples. I'm almost done. So the musicians come. Then God spares his life, and they lower him down the wall in a basket. You can imagine Saul's excitement as he came to Jerusalem. He was excited to join the apostles there, only to find out that they rejected him. How many know rejection is a part of this process? If you ain't never tried to talk to somebody about Christ yet and they say, I don't want to hear that garbage, you ain't trying very hard. Because rejection is a part of this process. They, he was despised and rejected long before we are. It's a part of this process. And Saul is lowered down the wall in a basket, and he comes to Jerusalem to join himself to the apostles there, and he's so excited about God has set him free, only to realize he's rejected. He's turned away. They don't trust him. He was the one who persecuted the church. You want to know a good way to get on the outs of the church? Persecute it. You want to know a good way to get on the outs of the church and people not trust you? Talk about it to people. Ah. They didn't trust Saul. They rejected him. They said, we don't trust him. We don't don't believe that he's been delivered. This is a man that was trying to kill the people, kill God's people. He went to Damascus to desire a letter to persecute the church. Take him away. We don't want him. We don't trust him. Persecuting the church will get you on the outs of the church. You need to love the body of Christ. There's a proper method for your complaints. It ain't sowing discord among your brethren. There's a proper method for your complaints. There's an avenue for your complaints today. They didn't trust Saul. They lowered him down in a basket. He comes to Jerusalem and he gets rejected. Oh, you can imagine the wind was probably taken out of his sail as they turned him away that day. He experienced rejection. Rejection is a part of the process. Saul could have given up, but he didn't do that. He could have said, they don't want me. I'll just go somewhere else. He didn't do that. No. You know what he did? He found counsel in another man who knew what he was talking about. He found a friend in Barnabas, and Barnabas stood beside him. And he said, oh, come on, Saul, just calm down a little bit. I'm going to go in here with you, and I'm going to talk to these apostles. He took him in before the apostles, and he said, listen, I've heard this man speak boldly in the name of Jesus. I've seen him reprove the Grecians. I've seen him stand for the gospel. I understand your concerns. I understand he persecuted the church, but he's a changed man. 
He's a changed man. Can I tell you? The Lord's, the Bible says that the Lord sent him out in twos. Let me tell you something. You better find you a brother or a sister in Christ you can lean upon today. You better find you somebody in the church you can trust. Somebody in the church that will love you through thick and thin. Pray for you when you're down. Paul found Barnabas. He took him back into those apostles. They received him at the word of Barnabas. Saul, let me tell you something. We can be empowered. Saul was empowered. Saul had received the Holy Ghost, but he needed the direction of the church. We can be empowered. You can get the Holy Ghost in your shower singing, all sudded up. You can worship God in your car with the air conditioner blowing in your face. You can be empowered anywhere, any place, any time. Listen, I knew a man who got the Holy Ghost sitting at a car salesman's desk. Went Went in to buy a car. The man was selling the car, started witness to him. They prayed together and the man received the Holy Ghost right there in the car dealership. My God, you can be empowered anywhere, anytime, any place, but you still need the church today. You still need the church today. Come on. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Stand with me all over this house today. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly Abundantly, above all that we could ever think or ask, according, according, according to the power that worketh in us. God wants to bless you. God wants to direct you. God wants to order your steps, but He's only going to do it according to the power that is in you. The church must be empowered for its last day mission. If we're going to truly reach the lost, if we're going to get into our workplaces, if we're going to see revival, we must be empowered. And when you're truly empowered, it's not about title. It's not about position. It's about the kingdom. I love what Mark Twain said when he said good things happen when you don't care if you get the credit I'm going to say that again because it felt pretty good good things happen when you don't care if you're the one that gets the credit in fact he went on to say greater things happen when somebody else receives the credit when you when you're truly empowered It's not about position. It's not about title. It's about the kingdom. It's about being a child of God. It's about seeing people saved. It's about the work of the Lord. We need to be empowered, but we still need the direction of the church. Saul needed encouragement. Saul needed the support of the church. One writer said, flatter me. And I may not believe you. You ever seen somebody who just loves to flatter people, tell them what they want to hear all the time? One writer said, flatter me and I may never believe you. Criticize me and I may never like you. Ignore me and I may not ever forgive you. But if you encourage me, I will never forget you. We need the encouragement of the body of Christ. There's something about corporate worship. There's something about togetherness and unity. There's something about when 125 people come together in one room for one purpose and one agenda. That's to lift up the name of Jesus. There's such a strength and an encouragement to the body of Christ today. The Lord wants us to be empowered. 
I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to feel the full support of the body of Christ in these last days. I want you to feel you have found a place that can help you get to heaven. I want you to love this church with all your heart. I know there's a lot of confusion in these last days. I know there's a lot of attacks on the church in these last days. I know there's an urgency in the air. The church needs to be empowered for its last day mission. The church needs to be empowered for this last day mission. May our altars always be full of people who just want to make it to heaven. May our altars always be full of people who's just trying to get to heaven. As we sing this song, these